Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. In this episode, Dorsey interviews another special guest that will give you hope and inspire you. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of The Dorsey Ross Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. His name is Anthony Torres. He is a author, and he's also a pastor, for I know. To um, he authored the book "Letters to My People," and it's a story of hope and redemption for those finding themselves lost in addiction. It's a collection of letters chronicling over time the journey of Anthony. His hope is something he wishes to share with the world so all might break free from their shackles and break away from the demons of addiction. Anthony, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your life growing up and what you went through in your life. Yeah, well, you know, um, I came from a childhood, you know, of a divorced family, you know, um, experienced a very hardship, you know, early on, you know, my grandma and grandpa, you know, got killed by a drunk driver hit on. And uh, that kind of changed everything for me, you know, in the sense of I became a very angry child, um, had a lot of a lot of insecurity issues growing up. I mean, you come from a divorced family, you know, it, it does really take its toll on you. You know, and um, um, I grew up, you know, uh, I, my mom, you know, she she did everything she could for us growing up. I mean, she worked very hard, you know, worked jobs. But, um, you know, I started using, uh, you know, cocaine, uh, or, you know, at the age of 16, you know, and started smoking pot early on and, you know, even drinking at a very early age, you know, but just found myself, you know, spiraling out of control. You know, I think when you flirt with addictions uh, or any kind of substance abuse, you know, it's you're, you're tend to, you know, uh, you're just playing with fire there. But um, um, it wasn't until, you know, I hit my mid 20s that, you know, I just became really out of control and, and not sure how my life was was going to look. You know, I was depressed and suicidal and I uh, had a lot of things, you know, that that I was dealing with internally as a man, you know, but I found myself addicted and I just didn't know how to get out of that. You know, I addicted to cocaine, addicted to drinking, a lot of things, you know, and I think sometimes you, you hit a point where, you know, what is my life look? Basically, you know, I just found myself, you know, to a point where I was just addicted, you know, addicted to cocaine, you know, was a heavy, heavy drinker. You know, and um, I, I think that I used for so long that I just didn't know if I can get out of it. You know, I know if I didn't know if I can get out of this addiction. You know, I mean, I have been doing it for so long, and I just thought that that's how my my life was going to be. You know, my my family bloodline, you know, come from 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 a family of addictions. You know, alcohol and drugs and all that. You know, but you know, could I overcome this? I think that's the question. You know, could I overcome this? And so I found myself in a very tough spot. Yeah. Do you think the reason why you got into the addiction, do you think it was because of your parents um, or, you know, not living with your parents or having to deal with a difficult childhood? Or do you think it was because of 
the fact that it came through that, you know, through the line of your of your family. I, I think that I think that it it stemmed a lot from that. You know, you come from a broken home and, you know, you don't have that sense of security anymore as a child. You know, a lot of the times, you know, you you do the the numbers, you know, a lot of kids that come from broken homes, you know, it it, it, it takes a toll on the family. You know, so I would think definitely that take that, that that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Did you grow up in a Christian home, or did you you know know about God when you were in your teen years? No, no. As a matter of fact, I mean, I come from the Catholic background, but I mean, it was never emphasized, you know, on salvation and you know, uh, reading your Bible and praying or anything like that, you know. But um, I grew up in a Catholic home. You know, we went to church when whenever we could, I guess, but it was not a huge part of my life growing up. You know, I think that um, as I look back now, you know, I think about all the things that I missed out on as a child. You know, my kids now, my kids are raised in church. You know, we've been in church for 11 years now. So all they know is church. But for me, no, it just wasn't a part of my life. Now that you, when you got older, you got married and in your book, you talk about how, you know, even when you were married, you were still dealing with some of your addictions. How did your family deal with that? And, you know, what was that situation like? Oh, you know what? The, the, you know, Sasha and I started dating when I was 20. And, uh, and so I didn't get married till later on with her. But, you know, I think I, I dragged my whole family into into my addiction. You know, I dragged my whole family into this into this uh, whirlwind of, of addiction. And so my family actually stuck around for as long as they could, and they probably should have left a long time ago. But I think it, I dragged them now into my brokenness. You know, I dragged them into my, my issues and my problems. And I thought that maybe being a father, I thought that maybe, maybe, uh, you know, finding someone I could spend the rest of my life with would help me and change me, but it didn't, you know, it just, it just got worse over the years. And so they, they dealt with that. You know, my kids have seen two sides of addictions. They've seen, our life with 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 it and they've seen our light without it you know and so sadly you know when a person that's addicted it affects everybody around them yeah so my my kids seen a lot yeah why do you think your wife you know stuck around you know you said yourself that she could have left a long time ago why do you think she stuck around and how did that you know how did they how did you know you guys keep that together um, i'm sure a lot of people with addictions when they're married, they get divorced or they separate and they take the kid with them. You know, what made, what, why do you think you guys were able to keep that marriage together or keep that relationship together? Well, keep in mind, I mean, at that time that I was addicted, you know, we weren't married and we actually did split up for like four months. Uh, you know, while, while, while I was trying to get better, you know, she took the kids and, and started her own life and I started mine, you know, and so we were separated for four months. But I think that that I mean, what brought us together was 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 God. You know, that's just the truth and reality of it. You know, I got saved in uh, 2009 in Altus, Oklahoma. That's where I gave my life to Jesus. And that's kind of where a lot of my journey began, you know. And um, and so it was one of those things that you know, when we got back together, we just put Jesus in the front of everything that we've done. And here we are today, you know, now, I mean, we've been together for a long time and, and I'm not going to say we have a perfect marriage, but I can say we have a very healthy marriage. There's, there, there's a difference. 
Right. What made you finally decide to say, all right, God, I'm going to, you know, turn to you and I'm going to give my life over to you? I think it was surrender. I think that's the key word. You know, you got to surrender everything to God. You know, sometimes we don't surrender at all. We hold on to a lot more stuff than we need to. But I think just surrendering everything to him is the key. You know, and I think that when I saw how happy my kids were, you know, and and just starting off in our new life, you know, I knew that that uh, eventually, you know, this is something that I wanted to continue. You know, even I mean, being a pastor was something that was not even in my my resume. I mean, it's not like one day I woke up, you know, and go, oh, I want to be a pastor today. I mean, no, I mean, that just God literally opened the door for that to happen, you know. And so we've been blessed and very, very thankful where we're at today. How did you overcome your drug addiction? Was it, you know, some people say, oh, I could stop cold or, you know, some people go into, you know, drug rehab centers. You know, what was that? What was that experience like? Um, you know, I, 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 for me, it's all spirituality. I mean, to me, it was changing, not just my, my, my thought process, but really engaging and understanding that God is bigger than anything I face, you know, giving him all my addictions, giving him everything, you know, and, and him just helping me with that. I mean, it's, it's a challenging process. And, and see, here's the thing. I don't, I don't have anything wrong with people quitting cold turkey or, you know, anything like that. But I mean, for me, it was, it was a journey. It was a process of, you know, relapsing and then going to church and relapsing until I figured out that I had to fully surrender my life to God. You know, that's when things really changed for me. Yeah. So even while you were, as I'm, you know, if I'm hearing you correctly, even while you were a Christian and you were still going to church, you were, you know, battling that addiction of, you know, you know, even going back to using drugs while you're still, you know, going to church at the same right, time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, they don't realize, you know, when you become a Christian, you know, sometimes they think, oh, everything's going to be, you know, joy and happiness and all these things and all my worries and all my difficulties are going to go away. But that's not always the case either, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it, not, things don't always go away overnight. I mean, I think that if things went away overnight, you know, that people would be more engaged into Christianity and following Jesus. But, you know, even even today, you know, we're all we're all a work in progress. Everybody's still being worked on somewhere, you know, in our lives. So we're not perfect and we never will be. And that's why we're thankful for Christ. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where sanctification comes in. You know, we're always, you know, working on ourselves and God is helping us to work on ourselves to become a better person and become, you know, more, more like him. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, God, God just put it on my heart. He said, write a book. He says, get your story out there, you know, and, and so that's where letters to my people comes from, you know, because they're my people. They're always going to be my people. And so if I had a chance to sit with people that were addicted, you know, this is the stuff that I would say. Yeah. And tell us more about that. Tell us, you know, why did you write it and tell us, you know, what, what was the purpose of writing it and what do you what do you hope people get from the book? Yeah, I, I wrote it. I started writing almost 10 years ago. And, um, you know, it's just something that over the years, you know, I just wrote and wrote and wrote. 
and um, eventually just developed it into a book, you know, and, and I wrote it because I want to share our story with people. And I want, I think there's a lot of people out there that give up too soon. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't feel like they're not worthy to be used by God or even, even, you know, even worthy to be saved. And I think that just reaching people, you know, where they're at and, and letting them know, Hey, number one, you're loved. Number one, you can be forgiven. And so I just, I just want to share my story with the world, you know, and whatever that looks like. And, in you know, helping people, you know, because I think mine and Sasha's story is a good testimony too. You know, we, we really shouldn't be together today. You know, we should be separated, you know, but now here we are together, you know, and, and stored and healed together. So, you know, I, that's what made me want to write it. And right now I have it in five prisons in New Mexico. We're working on some other prisons right now, but just very, very thankful, you know, God allowed that book to get published and, you know, and, and here we are today. Amen. What was the first verse of the Bible that grabbed you or that you were like, wow, this is a powerful, you know, verse to learn and to memorize? I think it was John, uh, Galatians 3, uh, 3.16, or I'm sorry, um, 2.16. Um, uh, he talks about, uh, my flesh has been crucified with Christ. He is no longer I, I who live, but that Christ lives in me. No, that's Galatians 2.20. There it is. Galatians 2.20 is my favorite verse. Yeah. For my flesh has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but that, that Christ lives in me. What is one of the most important things you learned about your relationship with God? One of the things that I've learned in my relationship with God is that um, he never gives up on you. You know, uh, we we tend to give up on ourselves and it doesn't matter how many times we fail. You know, God, God never gives up on you. Not only that, but God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness has always drawn me closer to Him because, you know, we are, we are people of emotions. You know, we only do things when things feel good, you know, and, and, and then when things don't go well, you know, we tend to shy away or back away, you know. But, but God, God's always faithful. He's, always, he's just a faithful God. You know, His love is faithfulness and His grace and mercy and forgiveness and His love is faithful. And so those are the things that I have learned over the years in my relationship with God. He's a patient God, loving God, and a faithful God. Amen. You mentioned earlier that you are now a pastor and that you had the calling of becoming a pastor early on in your life. What was that like? And, you know, what, is that, what was that like? And what did, what did that look like for you to eventually become a pastor? <laughs> I didn't want to be a pastor, man. You know, I... I was okay with just going to church and serving, you know, and, uh, but I think that if you're going to be all in, you're going to be all in, you know, God doesn't, I think when you serve God, it's, it's by his, his terms and, and, and his calling, not ours. I mean, I, I was okay with putting chairs away and for events and even tables, but God said, I want you to go and, and preach. And I, I struggled with that, but, once I embraced my calling, you know, it was something that I just knew I needed to do. I mean, I never thought I'd be a pastor of a church. You know, it's definitely one of the most challenging things I've ever done in life. But I think I'm up for the challenge, you know. And and uh, but the calling was very evident. It was very, you know, everything happened really quick for us as far as the calling. But, I mean, here we are today. And I, I thank God for it. I, I, I didn't think I'd be doing it. I tell you that right now. If 11 years ago, you tell me, hey, I'm 
God wants you to pastor a church, I wouldn't have believed it. But here I am. Yeah, same thing with me. I mean, I, you know, 20 years ago, you know, someone would have told me, hey, Dorsey, I see you traveling around, you know, sharing your story all across the country. I probably would have would have laughed at yeah. you, you know, but 14 years and, you know, here I am. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's the way God works, man. Yeah, definitely. So we get rid of the end here in a minute. If there was someone that's listening and someone that's dealing with an addiction, what is something that you would encourage them with and, you know, about, you know, keeping on and living with God and even, you know, somehow breaking that addiction within them if they feel like, hey, I can't do this, you know, there's no way I can break this addiction in my in my life. I would just tell them they can't give up. Um, it's easy to give up. Um, I would tell them that they have to believe that there's something more to their life than what they see, you know, and if God can save me, if God can restore me, uh, he can restore anybody. You know, we're not, we're not too far out of reach for God. We may think we are, but we're not. And I think be patient, you know, especially with addictions. We think that, you know, we, we, we're starting to come off it and we think that, you know, it's going to be an overnighter. You got to be patient with it. I mean, people have done drugs for 10, 20 years, and now, you know, they're expecting results in a day or a week. And it's, it's going to take some time. You know, I would just say be very patient with it. Trust the process is the really key in this. But they can't give up themselves. You know, God's working, and they don't even know it. They just got to keep going. Is there something else that I missed or that I didn't ask in my questions that you would like to share to our listening audience today? Uh, no, I mean, I think you, I, I think you answered some some good questions. You know, I, I think that people need to know that in this life that we are in, it's it's a journey. You know, every day it's a journey. You know, I'm 40 now, and I thought a lot different. You know, when I was 30, you know, and I'd look back when I was 20, and I thought a lot differently when I was 20, and and, and it's just a journey. You know, every day we wake up and and we give God our best. And we give God our shortcomings, but we wake up every day and, and, and say, you know, what? I'm going to give my best today and whatever that looks like. And I think that's the key in life. You know, our relationship with God is that it's our relationship every day. We're working more at it. But I just think people, if they're hearing this, you know, and, and they are dealing with someone that is addicted, they, they can't give up on them either. Pray for them, love them. You know, um, you can find me on Facebook, Anthony Torres and message me and I love to help out, you know, if, if I can, you know, but, uh, I think, I think that you covered all the, all the, all the basics and all the good questions. God's a faithful God. And we're just, we're grateful for that. Amen. Guys, you know, listening to Anthony's story, it's an amazing story of how, you know, God is a God of redemption and, you know, Anthony was a drug addict. He was dealing with, drugs and alcohol and all these things that he dealt with and he got married but God, you know, God redeemed him and now he's a pastor in New Mexico and I just wanted to encourage you guys that you know, with God all things are possible and that you know, God can use anybody even with all that we go through and all that we deal with in our lives that you know, that God can use us and with all that we face. And I hope you guys are, again, encouraged and inspired by this and 
like like Anthony said, go check him out on on um Facebook and go buy his book and be encouraged by that as well. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and until next time. Have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. Please like, share, and tell others about the show. Also, please check out the other podcast episodes. And if you would like, donate to this podcast and buy Dorsey a coffee. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.